yes, yes. Welcome back once again. It's your boy Left Unsaid Pod dot com. Left Unsaid Pod on YouTube. Left Unsaid Pod. Tumblr, Facebook, Twitter. You know where to find me. SoundCloud. It's all the same. Here we are back again. Fear the Walking Dead. So close yet so far. Um, title didn't really give us any hints. I mean, if you want to really read into it, so close, but so far on what? The first time they ever really tried to run, like a like a run for supplies and failed. But I guess we'll get into that a little bit later. But um, here we are, episode two of the uh, summer series winding down. Fear of the Walking Dead. Um, you know, starts off really cliche. You know, the teenage love affair. You know, two young loves, Romeo and Juliet. One's dying. The daughter doesn't know what's going on. The father and the mother have a ins- have inside knowledge. And for some reason, you know, she just doesn't get it. We all get it. The parents get it. She thinks they're trying to take, you know, trying to separate them for some reason. And, you know, we all know it's going to end bad. But, you know, to me... I guess it has to happen. You know, she's going to have to come to grips with what's going on in the world now in her own way. And if it has to be done through her losing the quote unquote love of her life, what is she, 17? But hey, <laughs> the world is coming to an end. This may very well be the last person she has has ever really genuinely fell in love with. But um, yeah. You know, to tell you the truth, if I were to give this episode a grade, I would definitely give it a B plus. I mean, to me, this episode was much better than the first episode because the pacing was much faster. I mean, the fact that it had more walkers in it, sure, that helped. And it had purposeful dialogue, which also helped. And the fact that the killings are like the first time that they're kind of experiencing, you know, what's going on and what they're actually going to be having to do, you know, throughout the rest of the course of, you know, this post-apocalyptic world that they're going to be living in. You know, I guess if we were to start from the um, second phase, basically, his son on the school bus, I guess his son is some kind of like, geeky, nerdy guy. This is the first time we're really meeting him. I mean, when we first met him in the first episode, I didn't think he was a jock, but um, you know, it seems like there's a running theme of like the parents versus the kids. You know what I mean? The parents kind of not knowing what's going on, but knowing that something's wrong and just wanting to have their loved ones around to protect them. And then we have the kids and this teenage adolescent stage kind of rebelling. And it's kind of, it has a little bit of annoyance, annoying factor to me. Like there is an annoying factor with the fact that when your parents tell you, telling these kids to do something like they're not listening, you know, they have to tell them like 15 times about, trying to you know to do something and it's crazy to me because it's like can't you see that there is something extreme going on right now and you don't have the insight to be like well you know maybe i should you know be where it's safe which is at home or try to get around you know my loved ones and protectors so you know things work out in my best interest but no everybody wants to be out and about saving friends videotaping protest you know what i mean it's just crazy to me but i guess that's all in the story arc so 
you know, it was really funny because when we have the, um, I don't really know what I want to call him. I think I'm just going to call him the junkie, you know, and to me, the junkie is the most, he's going to be to me, the most crucial character because the junkie knows how to survive. You see how, when they went to the, um, the boyfriend's house, the teenage love affair, what's the first thing he did? Search for drugs, rambling through the cabinets. <laughs> he was probably all up in the bedroom. He was saying, you know what? I got to find myself some drugs. I got to get my fix. So just imagine like how witty and like basically like a squirrel searching for a nut always once he gets clean and starts going into survival mode. You see right now, all he's thinking about is drugs, but once he gets clean and he starts going into survival mode, you know, I think that he'll be one of my favorite characters. And it's funny because, you know, I was saying, well, wow, he has no more drugs. He's about to go into, um, you know, he's about to go into like, what do they call it when you, um, um, ah, hold on withdrawal. That's what it's called. He's about to go into withdrawal. And the funny thing about it is that it seems like the mom and the sister, like, oh, you know, we've been here, done this. This is the, this isn't our first rodeo. You know, the mom's like, get the bucket. She's like, man, fuck, fuck him. You know, I want my boyfriend. And it's like, you know, bucket time. Guys having seizures. He's throwing up in his mouth. He doesn't want to drink. He's dehydrated. He's catching cold, catching cold sweats. I mean, he basically has that druggy type you know, vibe going on, and to them, it's like no big deal, but you know what's going to be the downfall, I really foresee this, the mother has an enabling habit with her son, so for the for the fact, I know that when you're going through withdrawals, there's a certain drug you're supposed to have, I don't know what it's called, but I guess you can be weaned off by taking small amounts, but if she has all that Vicodin in the house, you know, as soon as everybody leaves, you know what the drug is going to do. He's going to go in the bathroom, he's going to search for those pills, because the first thing he wanted to know, well, mom, how many pills did you get me? And she's like, ah, oh, don't worry about it, it's enough to last, you know, but, um, we'll definitely see if he relapses or if he chooses his family, you know, that'll be a interesting story arc to see, did I, did I, Oh, I gave it a B plus. I gave the episode a B plus. And so, you know, I mean, this is what we're dealing with. I was kind of impressed with the mom's run to the school looking for drugs because she's like, okay, the pharmacy is going to be overrun. You know, the doctors are not picking up. You know what I mean? So I can see in this instance that she's thinking survival mode and safety. You know, she loves her son. Not to say she's enabling him to the point but she does want him to get through this withdrawal process you know as easy as possible i guess she doesn't want him to die during the process so it was funny to me when she went on that school run and you have another one of my favorite characters the pizza face uh freshman in the first words he says to can i have my knife back bitch you know what i mean can i have my knife back now do you get it do you see what i was trying to tell you woman now do you understand what's going on? And it's so funny. It's like he's read so many comic books. He's like, he knows he knows the whole breakdown. He knows where to go, who, what's going to get hit first, what's going to get hit second, third, the best way to survive. And it's funny that um, after the run, he actually didn't volunteer to go back with the teacher, excuse me, the guidance counselor to her house because when she first took the knife, 
the first thing he said was, we're safer in numbers. So I would think that he would think that he'll be safer with more people, but maybe he's thinking that the sun is sick because the sun is turning into a zombie. He's like, well, I'll take my chances on my own. But um, yeah, um, I guess what I really have to commend is the first headshot of the series because this wasn't the double tap. This was basically trying to figure out how am I going to stop this walker from biting my face off? And you know what's so funny is I would really like to know on a scale of 1 to 10 what the strength of a, a walker is. Because here we have this kid. I mean, he's a hefty kid. I don't think he's that powerfully strong. But here you have this grown man, you know, kind of knocking him over. And this kid is able to keep this man from biting his face off with his two hands and I mean it wasn't like one second he was keeping him off of his face for like maybe 12 seconds I mean you know and then he kept coming back kept coming back so I was you know I kind of want to know the strength of walkers because sometimes walkers are fast sometimes they're slow sometimes they're weak sometimes they're strong so it's like that's the only inconsistency you know that I would question but other than that what did she do? She used her brain, grabbed the fire extinguisher, and um, basically headshot. Well, it was more like a head beating, but um, it was so funny because the, I questioned the kid's strength because he had the knife and went to stab the walker in the head. And did the knife break? <laughs> like, I know it was just a kitchen knife, but it looked like the knife broke on the forehead of the school teacher. But, you know, and the other funny thing that I was trying to figure out is that the school teacher was sick. The school teacher didn't get bitten. But when he was going back and forth through the metal detector, it seemed like there was blood coming from his back. So did he get bitten or did he not get bitten? Was he sick? And then whatever sound was coming from the classroom, did he like on his search throughout the building get bit by another person that was in the school? And then, you know, wander off and go into the metal detector back and forth? Like that was the only confusing thing because um, the one question that I think that everybody's still looking for the answer for is how did this virus start? And maybe there might be a little answer in that. Was it a sickness or was it a bite? You know, was it something made in the lab that got out or was this just a natural development of nature, you know, to try to eradicate human beings off the face of the earth? Um, I doubt to tell you the truth that we're going to find the answer to that question, but really, who cares? Show me more zombies, show me more head kills, show me more runs, but basically... This was like the first food run. And I mean, the man, the, the, the uh, pizza face was smart. He wasn't trying to let a can of beans go, no peaches, nothing. He said everything. I need everything. But when they got into the car, they didn't have any food. I'm like, God damn, you couldn't put some ravioli in your book bag, something? You know what I mean? So it tells me that he's going to be going on more runs. Um, it seems like he's in a house by himself, so I'm looking forward to see more from that kid. Um, the drug addict, you know, it seems like his heart is in the right place. He seems to be the only one with his head on straight. It's just that his body is not 
working with his brain and then his brain is going against his body so for him to get clean i think that'll be a really 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 you know great thing for him to do so we can see how he interacts with his mother who i think is a very intelligent woman because she has probably a master's in psychology <laughs> you know what i mean so i'm counting on her smarts i'm counting i'm counting on the sons the junkies ability to be able to be a scavenger and the daughter to tell you the truth i don't think she's gonna last long <laughs> i mean let's be honest she she just doesn't understand and she's not she's not grasping the concept of what's going on you know what i mean and so it could be half that the parents are trying to shelter her maybe she grew up living a sheltered lifestyle unlike the son who understands you know what the world is really like hmm that's a very good comparison but um i guess i just that just came out of nowhere you know sometimes i say brilliant things anyway um i guess we have to talk about the, the um husband trying to get his family together because we have the son who wants to be involved in the <laughs> Black Lives Matter protest. <laughs> we have the, um, the, the oh my God, his ex-wife. Talk about a scorned baby mama. I mean, God damn. I mean, as soon as he starts the phone call, all she wants to do is bicker and argue. And he's like, woman, I'm trying to tell you that there's something going on and she's just concerned about custody and child support and visitation. So I know their relationship with the shit some way. And it's funny because <laughs> when they actually were in the barbershop, he was looking, he was sitting there like, man. I love my son, but if it was one person to be stuck in a room with while all of this crazy stuff is going on, I really, really would not want to be stuck in a room with you. I would really rather make it back to my 2.0 family and try to survive with them, and I'll take my son, and hey, you could uh, try to survive on your own, so... You know, she seems like towards the end, like she really came around, you know, she's understanding that something's wrong. It seems like she trusts his um, intuition and, you know, we'll just see how that all works with them being enclosed in that shop. The riots are going on. People are looting, you know, and they're doing it out of fun because obviously, you know, the world is going to shit. And so the other funny part, something to mention. Well, two things. One, him being witty enough to get the blood off of his car. Because he still doesn't, you know, he may be like, hey, this is something that's going to blow over. I don't want to get pulled over by the cops. And who does he see at the gas station? Mr. Protect and Serve doing what? Stocking up on water. I was like, Psh. listen, that just goes to show that the cops, the people who probably have a, a straight ear to the government understand that there's something going on and they're not telling the public and it just kind of gives you that walking dead feel that you know sometimes you never know who's going to be more dangerous the walkers or the people who are not infected because people are going to be in survival mode and you know they're going to be one for all and all for one you know but seeing what people will be willing to do to survive that's the, um, I think that's the bread and butter of Walking Dead. So, having the killer instinct to keep you alive and um, seeing what you're willing to do to survive. Hey, look, it was a great episode. Um, I'm glad they got all of the characters that are going to be involved in the show out in the open. We get a little taste for them. I think everybody has their favorites. Um, I like the pacing of the show. I like the 
they left it on a nice little climax. You know, everything is out there in the open. I mean, the episode's only going to be six episodes this season. Two down, four more to go. If the pacing keeps up going this fast, hey, man, I'm all for it. I am all for it. Um, it's kind of funny that they want to go to the desert to be safe. You know, I was thinking if you really wanted to be safe during a zombie apocalypse, you would just get all the supplies you can gather and go to an island. But I think that, um, yeah, they wouldn't be able to pull an island off on TV. So I guess the desert would be a safe option. But you're also going to have to deal with nature. So mm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll see how things play out. Um, it's left and said. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to comment, subscribe, and um, follow. Uh, and I'll see you next week. Um, this is just me throwing something out there to the universe, to all the fans who watch the show. And hopefully, you know, I'll talk to you next week. Take it easy. Have a great week. Peace.